0: Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Lifter, we have a lifter.
1: R to the G. I probably just interrupted the intro, but.
0: R to the G. How are you, sir? To
1: the one I call B-J, BG. Not <laughs> BJ, BG. Uh. I could say never felt better and had less.
0: I've heard that one before, and I can whole, wholeheartedly agree, but I, yeah, exactly. But I have you, and that makes me happy. Roger Garfield, pillar of community. He's been a pillar of my sort of thing for uh, maybe 10 years or something like that. Have you been at modern day.
1: Met you in 2011.
0: There you go. My math, you know. I'm need to consult a calculator for that one. Call that a decade. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What a what a decade of twists and turns and it's been and everything something.
0: but it's been something. I, you're one of my I mean we're, we're, I love you. And love you uh, too, bro.
1: Growing up together. Uh,
0: yeah. In our 30s? Growing up in our 30s yeah, they say or life, so? life begins at what? <laughs> I don't know. Conception. No. I mean, yes. But uh life begins at some people say at 40, you know, 30 or whatever. I guess whenever you decide it begins. But uh anyway, um totally enjoyed your friendship and thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having me. I listened to a couple of the other the pods, not yeah. all of them, but it's it's awesome. And it's an uh, honor to be here and considered a, a
0: pillar of something. You're a pillar to me. <laughs> thank so, you. Wow. Uh, so, modern day let out of school today for spring break. You're spring broken. Not like you're broke, but you, you, know, you get the idea.
1: <laughs> Getting here was, was the start of my spring break.
0: Amen, bro. Have a little cheers. Yeah. Little something um, in there. And then you head to Florida tomorrow with your one-year-old and your beautiful wife, Christy.
1: Thank you. Um, yes, this will be our first time not our first time traveling summer's been our daughter has been great in the car mm-hmm. but our first time hopping on a plane with her she just turned one a couple weeks ago so a little anxiety about that but we are so excited to get to florida get to just yeah. a break from break from everything really Sometimes It feels like ate, you know. um god bless you know everyone who's been working hard to get the vaccines out but it feels like you know better times are coming for everybody and um to go down there and see my parents who've been there for a couple months is going to be uh, just a little, little little couple days in paradise, so we're looking forward to it for sure.
0: It's a great unplug. And no better place to go than Florida. I mean, flashback a year ago now, I was in Florida for three months, you know. And <laughs> don't get me wrong, like right now, I think March might be my favorite month here. Yeah, I don't know, you might disagree. What's your favorite month? You <laughs>
1: March is March is very, very special to me and to my family for a lot of reasons. There, um there you go. The number one reason is uh, all the birthdays. So, mm-hmm. start with my daughter who was born a year ago, March tenth. Yeah. Yep. She's as old as a, a pandemic, as we like to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. But she also has the same birthday as her aunts, my sisters who are twins, Tracy and Kathy. Um, we knew when um, we got the due date for summer that she'd be around March tenth or so. Uh, but that when when Christy went into labor, which is a crazy story. Um, we, I, I just thought at some point in the, in the start of the labor, like, oh, she's going to, Summer's going this, this person, we didn't know it was going to be yeah, born a girl. Yeah, yeah. is going to be born on Tracy and Kathy's birthday. Oh my God. And, um, oh my God. on top of that, it's my dad's birthday on tomorrow. Tomorrow's my dad's birthday. So cool. 68th birthday, March 26th. It's some of my good friends' birthdays as well. And, um, on top of all that, I don't <laughs> know if that's coming through too strong in the airways. This is my first podcast, <laughs> but, uh. On top of all that, it is the month for, for basketball. It's March Madness, of course, and that's been you know, a love of my life for so many years. And uh, what a crazy uh, thing to have the, the March Madness taken away last year. That was like a crystallization of the seriousness of the virus last year mm-hmm. when they said, "No basketball tournament." I thought that was unthinkable. Mm-hmm. And obviously it was the right call, but mm-hmm. um, to have it back this year just seems like um, a gift, a yeah, gift yeah. in a way maybe we took for granted in the yeah. past. Yeah,
0: amen. And then you, it's, I always, I miss my dad. And have your dad. You guys, you have this tradition of going to the final four every year, right?
1: We do. And I was lucky to meet your dad oh, and 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 know yeah. just a little right. bit of how close you guys were. Um, cheers to that. Yeah. Cheers. And uh, and here you speak at his memorial um, at Mater Day. Never forget how yeah. how thoughtful your your reflections were on him. I'll never forget you said don't drive at night. I think about that a lot. <laughs> don't drive nice. at night was one thing you learned from your dad. But,
0: yeah.
1: um, you know, this is maybe darker, or deeper than it needs to be early on in this podcast. But, um, some of my close friends who have lost parents like you and my good friend Damon, who lost his mom when he was 17, um, have made me appreciate, you know, just, just that my parents are still around and, uh, my parents are together, you know, so many people experience divorce. So, but I've been so lucky to have, um, you know, two, parents who have been going together gosh since the 71 oh my god this is their this is the 40th year they've been married and uh my dad's 68 this year yeah we've been to the final four 13 times 1997 was the first time we went in indianapolis um i won't tell y'all the years but <laughs> we did go in 2019 and we were planning to go yeah, last year yeah. until you know when struck. christy got pregnant yeah. we were definitely thinking yeah. oh we won't go with a 3 week old i'm not going to abandon christy yeah. and And the tradition means a lot, but I wasn't going to abandon Christie with a three week old. So we probably were going to skip last year anyway, but uh, this year in Indianapolis, who knows if the Michigan Wolverines get there, maybe we'll plan a last minute trip. We're not planning to go. We're planning to resume the tradition tomorrow, or sorry, next year in new Orleans.
0: It would be, uh, that sounds great. (laughs) 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 I'm going to have to tag along. (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Billy. No la. Uncle Billy. Um, I was going to say, um, it would be fun if you guys could watch it together or something. But I don't know if that's going to happen. No, you know what? It, it, your parents going to be in Florida for a while.
1: The second weekend is this weekend. Yeah. So, um, You'll watch some of it. Even if, you know, Michigan's my favorite team. Yeah. It has been since the Fab Five 1991. But even if they hadn't advanced to this weekend, it would be special getting there with them in Florida and, and watching the games on TV together. Because even that, like we have so many memories of watching games together, yeah. whether in person or on TV. Yeah. Um. It's, you know, you know, there's there's little things that might not mean as much to the person who's not in their relationship, but yeah. you know, for me and my dad to watch basketball together, whatever the context, it's pretty darn special. It's special.
0: Um, <laughs> to have that that bond, you know, my dad and I used to watch golf together. Mm-hmm. Uh, he mm-hmm. loved to watch Duke basketball mm-hmm. uh, more than I did.
1: <laughs> what was his connection to Duke?
0: Number <laughs> <laughs> ah, <well, laughs> one son, maybe. <laughs> Teams, uh, teams. The, when you Ole were son? there, teams when you were there yeah. were pretty darn good. Teams were there; uh, were pretty darn good. Was yeah. that
1: JJ Redick era?
0: Yep. Uh, my freshman year, we won with Battier and Boozer. That's right. Oh, two oh, one.
1: Two thousand oh, I, I was there. That was our.
0: That was our uh, third
1: final four together Holy in smokes. Minneapolis.
0: Holy smokes!
1: That was the last place it was in twenty nineteen.
0: So so cool.
1: Dunleavy, Battier,
0: yeah, stacked team, man. Yes. Uh, Jason Williams. Yeah. Uh, there's another guy there uh, Br- Elton Brand
1: Elton Brand Right I don't know if he was on that team He might have been Might have been the year before They were so good for so long yeah. 1999 They lost to UConn Yeah What a, a great championship game yeah. I was I think I was a freshman in high school I was so into Trajan Langdon I don't know if you remember that name Yeah I do remember that. And then 2001 They made it back And um, they played Arizona And Mike Dunleavy Had a stretch in that game Where he just took over I think he had nine straight points I believe it And that was uh that was a good Arizona team, I think Lauren Woods and Jason Gardner. But um gosh, Duke, I don't know how many they've won since nineteen ninety one, Coach K's first one, yeah. but I think it's four or five.
0: I think that's right. And then this year they're out. They're out of the dance.
1: First time they haven't been in it in how long? I mean twenty plus years? Yeah, something like
0: that. Um I remember my freshman year at Duke, um, playing the cross, beginning of the season, you know being all dialed in and, and, and you know ju- jump and say how high and uh <laughs> yeah. they fucking, they won the national championship but i'm like sitting on the quad on their west campus which is like the main campus like drinking gatorade for like the practice the next day or something like that and like i saw a couple of like there's two or three upperclassmen that are like running around and like with tank tops and like you know just drinking beer i'm like I'm right just to <laughs> sip my electrolytes because we'll practice tomorrow <laughs> And, one, and one, one of the, oh, it just hit me. One of like the, uh, I don't know, some person I didn't know um, <laughs> grabbed his like big ass like like console of a monitor. And he's just, there's a huge bonfire. There's a huge bonfire. Uh, it almost goes without being said. There's the bonfire. <laughs> right. okay. Shish- Shashevskyville, as they call at it, the right? bonfire. Yeah, yeah. And drinking the electrolyte. And this random dude comes out with this box monitor thing and just like chucks it back in oh one right all the monitors were huge into the bonfire I was like, okay was that like office space when they
1: throw the copier <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. very much very much similar yeah um it's like just this is this is okay this is something
1: <laughs> to think of um straight laced billy
0: uh-huh when did he just become laced like oxymoron <laughs> oxymoron i don't know when i uh I, don't know. I always consider myself a late bloomer, Roger.
1: Well, <laughs> next you know, question, sir. <laughs> that 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 does coincide with the start of lacrosse season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which for some people, like this is this is like apropos of very little there, but um, <laughs> in Maryland, there's no formal private school state basketball tournament. Um, some people of in recent years have like put together one, but it yeah. doesn't include all Maryland private school teams, and that's weird for me coming from Michigan where. There's just state tournament for four divisions, and it's private and public lumped together, and it's what they do, and it's like the biggest thing. The end of the season is the state tournament. Why not? But in Maryland, like for many years, Georgetown Prep, where you went and where I coached, there was no private school state tournament. So um, that always was a head-scratcher for me when I first got to the area. And what I was always told is, well, that's the start of lacrosse season, so we can't have – Basketball players and lacrosse players having their seasons coincide, especially like the Baltimore area was, for whatever reason, um, reticent about doing that. But that's neither here nor there. I digress. No, I
0: mean, it makes (laughs) makes sense. I mean, Maryland's traditionally heavy on lacrosse um, and basketball, you know. Uh, I don't know about Michigan now has a fair amount of lacrosse. Um, But like, big come up, big come up in the
1: last 15, 20 years, yeah.
0: Yeah, it makes kind of sense traditionally. Be like, all right, we're ending the basketball and we're going to do the lacrosse. Not to take away from either sport, you know, uh, but I would you go? Who doesn't like a big, uh, big ass bracket?
1: No doubt. And, and that uh, this whole thing started with like you not being able to celebrate Duke in 01 yeah. winning because <laughs> yeah, do you have yeah, practice the next go. day or a game? I don't there blame you. There you go. Not being able to. I mean, for the kids listening, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. just stick to the electrolytes. But anyway. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, the bracket. We have a little bracket challenge in our home room this year. So and cool. Every year, um, my, my family and friends we run like a little, little bracket challenge. It's fun. So been doing that for thirteen years, minus last year. I got, uh,
0: I got a serious question. Sure. And uh, you know, um, I like restaurants in the area, and uh, there's this one <laughs> restaurant sticking out of my head. I don't know why. It's called the Big Hunt. <laughs> Or Dickinson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but a bam!
1: Did you know that the Big Hunt, the restaurant, the uh, bar uh-huh. in I Dupont, better. was yeah. a casualty of the pandemic? Did you know that? Did not. Let's cheer Let's let's pour one out for the big. We can do this. The Big Hunt.
0: Yeah, that was a really cool spot.
1: May I tell the story of the Undertaker? I. Right. Okay Okay. So I'm at the oh. big hunt This is what Probably oh, yeah, yeah. 2013, 2014 That's some, right yep, yep. And at Modern Day Where Billy and I were colleagues for many years That's right Halloween is king It's paramount It's the, it's the day So it's October 30 This there? must have been October 30th mm-hmm. It was like the day before Halloween mm-hmm. And Billy comes barreling up to the big hunt And I was there with some friends He was going to come meet us for a cold beverage And he's in this van a modern-day white van. The modern day van. It was the only vessel that would hold had, this prop that he I, had procured took, for his for his Halloween costume.
0: Took it, we took kids to, <laughs> uh, to the game, you know, downtown, and the roads were blocked for a Halloween parade, so I had to, you know, take the car home.
1: <laughs> but he had picked up a coffin for his Undertaker costume. Happened to be in there, yeah. <laughs> which you know was only one of it was one of a few incredible costumes that Billy trotted out. <laughs> As a modern day teacher.
0: I mean, one of yours, is my favorite is the Home Alone.
1: I was Marv from Mar- Home Alone and, and Tropia the, was Harry.
0: With the iron uh, stain on your face. I had the, uh scar of the yep. iron.
1: I had the makeup on me iron. that made me look like I had the iron hit me in the face. That Home Alone is my favorite movie of all time. Tied tied first with Big Lebowski. Uh, and to, to actually be Marv for Halloween was like euphoric. I was just on cloud nine the whole day. <laughs> um, but, I mean, but you know Halloween modern day, so many fun costumes. The, my favorite of yours probably was the Jif peanut butter. Billy came in <laughs> with like I don't know who made it or who what it was. I made it, it was with like my, with my sister. Okay, Linda and I. so you and Linda it, like used like an old laundry bin or something, yeah, and it yeah, was like exactly. three feet. It was like three feet around Billy, like extended from his body. It was this giant cylinder with the Jif painted on it, and he wore it to a Halloween party huh. after the. <laughs> After the modern day parade, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was hard to get around that party because I think it was a crowded party.
0: It was a crowded party. <laughs> I, remember, I remember taking it off and I'm wearing like jeans and a flannel or something and leaving it there. Having a, a great night with you. Like a <laughs> great night, morning. It was awesome. One of my favorite memories of us. and uh, It was a great party. Yeah. Alex
1: and Jackie Jaffe. Uh, amen.
0: Shout out. Shout out. But then like I think we went back. Did I go back like a couple weeks later? I was like, I think I want oh, I got it back from them. Remember this? This is, when yeah. we're, is this where we're this is where we six G?
1: You well, you had to get it back from them. It was taking up like half their living room. It was a sizable <laughs> costume. Um, I think she was texting me like early the next morning. When are you coming to get your peanut butter? And I was like, Peanut butter. Oh, <laughs> Billy's costume, that's right. Oh my
0: that's god. That's when we turned
1: six B, the homeroom, into six G. That's right.
0: That's right. And and, and G <laughs> stands for the Grand Ole Opry. Or or Garrison and Garfield, you know. Uh, that and I put it on my in the corner in there, you know, that was special.
1: If you had kept it on the whole party, that would have been not only impressive but quite an impediment for everyone else who was there. I think it was yeah. courteous of you no, to take I it think off.
0: The party might have ended like you know a couple hours early because this Jeff bottle keeps walking around <laughs> and, and knocking people <laughs> right. peanut allergies. You know,
1: no, no, no. That's not how I remember. I don't remember you <laughs> boxing anyone out or or you know uh, ex- excluding in. anyone. You took it off. Ah, you assimilated, yeah, I'm an but um, cat. you know yeah. what I'm realizing as I'm staring yes, into this microphone? Yes, please. Radio voice. How do you how yeah. do you feel about your voice on audio? Because I'm like I'm like self conscious about mine for
0: some reason. I don't like you know I don't like hearing my uh vo- like sound bars on voicemail. Yeah. You know? oh, okay. I don't like hearing. What <laughs> what else is the, your voice recorder? I'm trying to think. They're definitely like, a voice nobody message. Nobody likes the sound of their own. you know unless maybe rush limbaugh
1: (laughs) well you know do you but but that's what i'm wondering this is how many podcasts in like is it something you think about because for me at doing my first podcast thank you for having me on um i'm not like super conscious of it but i wonder like how it will sound coming back and not being the most bass voice like my friend bg over there (laughs) i'm just curious
0: i think that uh um we got to wait like a day or so. We'll be talking about this on the next one. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I, um, it, uh, like we kind of said earlier, like talking into it kind of sounds better now. And then when you actually like play it back in the thing, it kind of more sounds like your voice normal. <laughs> That's the weird sort of like nectar thing uh, that kind of is ad- ad- addicting about podcasting. Because I, I think, I think, I like this. I don't. I like how my voice sounds right now, and I think you experience the same thing.
1: Well, my only my only thing I can compare it to is because I, I have a background in, in sports journalism, but mm-hmm. there were no podcasts really when I was doing my thing in college, and yeah, and and for a couple of years right out of college, like two thousand eight is when I switched over to coaching and teaching. Yeah, but during those couple of years, I did radio. I did live radio. But I would never hear myself. I was either on the phone or I was in the studio, I never really like heard my... I would never go back and listen to how I sounded on the radio. You know what I mean?
0: Yes, exactly right. And, it wasn't being recorded necessarily. You know, and most like,
1: people are probably thinking, who cares what your voice sounds like? But it's like, it, it, you're not conscious of it when you're talking, and then when you actually listen to yourself, it's like, oh, that is that me?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's you, and this is me. Um, I don't... It's kind of like, you're a writer. <coughs> it's kind of like you write you're in the in the in the process of writing. It's like you're writing, it's like all right, this is good. I'm on the flow, I'm flowing right now. This is good. And you're like duh, 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 duh. and then you stop. <coughs> Excuse me. And you reread the thing. And you're like that's not it's That really wasn't that good, <laughs> you know. Totally. And like I it's that compounded or in addition to hearing your own voice on the playback, not net right now, but like when we're finished, I'll listen to it or whatever. i be like, number one, I don't like how I sound. Number two, I don't like what I'm saying. <laughs> you
1: know? Totally. And, and um, it's like the lifelong battle for writers is like, okay, is what I'm saying of value to others? Yeah. Um, who's the audience? Is it authentic? And, and if you write something that you feel good about, even, I'll just speak for myself. Like sometimes yeah. I have imposter syndrome. Like, oh, this might be something people like, but maybe it's not. I shouldn't, I shouldn't publish it. Um, for me the the solution to that, not that not that writing is easy, it never is, yeah. but you have to write just like anything else, every day. Yeah. Or or almost yeah. every day. And you have to and I, I'm not uh successful at this, but f- carve out time to, to, do hard hard to do it at the same time every day and then your creativity eventually pours out. But um it's hard, you know, there's no doubt I
0: You gotta be disciplined about it. I,
1: I used to do it for a living and it and I thrived on deadline, but Without that deadline, now it's like okay. In your head, you, you might say, okay, I'm gonna sit down and write, or I'm I should write more. Yeah. But when are you gonna do it? And what are you gonna write for? And what's the purpose? So lately, what's been fruitful for me is just keeping a diary, mm-hmm. like keeping more of a journal, and just writing for an audience of one. Like writing, trying to sound as genuine or as you know un, unfettered as I can. Mm-hmm. Just writing for myself and sort of refining my voice a little bit because I haven't really written in uh, copiously since like 2008. And I definitely miss it.
0: Yeah. When you write in your diary, your journal, what do you write? I mean, if you don't mind me asking, what do you write about?
1: So there are different different things that might happen um, that are, you know, moments that are emotional for me in the day. And it yeah. might be something as simple as, like, watching summer dance to a song. Yeah. The the halftime show at the Super Bowl came yeah. on. The weekend was, was doing his yeah. thing. yeah. And everyone's, like, probably looking at it like, oh, is this, you know, they're analyzing it. And I was just watching my daughter dance. Right. And, um, like, watching her learn and do new things. There's different moments, definitely unpredictable, where I just get overcome with emotion. Like, I want to, like, cry tears of joy. And so I'll try to, in those moments, like, take inventory and go write about them and maybe why I'm so proud or so moved by it. Um, I've written, I've tried to sort of keep inventory of gratitude in my journal, like... Mm -hmm. Um, certainly all the things that my wife does for me, for my daughter, for us. Um, She's just an incredible like source of energy and positivity that I try to convey that to her, but it's also helpful to convey that to myself. Like, what am I grateful for? There's so much in our lives to take inventory of whoever we are. And then life moves so fast. When can you do that? So the times I slow down and actually type, I don't usually handwrite. I just Mm -hmm. type out Mm -hmm. my thoughts. That's, that's more or less what I'm doing. And the other thing would be like Mm self-improvement when uh, a couple of years ago I, actually got my ass in gear and trained for a marathon and i ran one in 2019 it was pretty slow um i'd finished in 2020 but um we uh like the process of getting my ass in gear and the process of like just like overcoming some mental hurdles yeah um was important for me and i and i've sort of continued on that i haven't continued running yeah um and i I sort of knew after the marathon that would be a possibility but writing about that and like why do you stop exercising why do you stop running what what leads to that, and then what triggers you to do it? Yeah. Those sorts of things are, are like deeply personal for me, and I don't I can't really articulate why. Yeah, but it's fun to try to explore that.
0: I think that uh, writing is a mysterious process. I think it's a very active process. Uh, I
1: heard you. I heard you talking with Vin about trying to write as you speak, like trying to like you you know yeah. like writing as you speak would be the ultimate authentic writing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I know that's a process that you've really worked hard at over the last whole well, yeah. over a long time. You've written so much lately about movies, right. And, and yeah. other things.
0: Yeah, I love writing. Um, and there's a great, uh, quote. And actually this, like, this is my planner <laughs> and it goes like,
1: it's red for those who are wondering,
0: <laughs> yeah, here's, your, here's your visual. It's
1: full of notes.
0: And, um, there's a quote. There was a quote, uh, passed in here. And it's like, I write in order to understand like what I how I think or what's in my head or something like that um, sometimes when I start writing and I think what you're speaking about got me onto it um, it's like I'm thinking one thing right now I'm writing about an, an emotional uh, circumstance that happened in a day let's say yesterday you know, whether it's good or bad um, and by writing it might be a beautiful heart that's in your head or it might be a knot um, by writing, you understand that, that that beautiful red heart a little bit better, and also you can un- untie the knot. Maybe just the process of putting pen to paper, ideas sort of come to you, or, or, or perspective come to you that you would maybe never have on if you didn't begin that sort of uh, active process of writing.
1: Well, just putting the pen to paper, just you know typing, yeah. um can be therapeutic, and whatever comes of it sometimes it doesn't matter. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you just do it every day, exactly that process is, is, is good for you. The individual, the people who are like the, the, the writers I love the most, the writers I follow, mm-hmm. whether it's, um, David Sedaris or Shay Serrano or, you know, um, right now I'm reading, um, autobiography of John Thompson from mm-hmm. this, I forget his last name, Jesse. He writes for the undefeated, but th- these writers that I've just like gravitated toward recently, um, I know, I know, and they, they tweet about it or they talk about it, or they write about it. I know they've had failures in writing. They've had shit that's fallen flat. They've had so much that they've written that never gets published, yeah. that never sees the light of day, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it might be 1% or 5% or 20% if you're lucky of what you write is, is you know, great. But even if it's not, that's not necessarily the point. The process like the, is important. Right. It's not it's not to be some published great writer. And maybe that's the way way I thought about it for a while after I was writing and I had my stuff published every day, just like little, you know, (laughs) columns about high school football in Tennessee or whatever it was. But um, it is I just respect the people that can do it consistently on, on a great on a on a, you know, grand scale. Uh, I was listening to a podcast about a comedy writer, mm-hmm. and even he went through. He's like, "Oh man, I didn't write anything funny for a year." Mm-hmm. This is the guy who created Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. This is the guy who you know wrote on The Office and SNL. Mm-hmm. I didn't write anything funny for a year. He said.
0: As he th- he thought that that
1: might be underselling himself, yeah. but really, like people, like I think all writers, many writers have a little bit. Good writers, at least, have a little bit of that. Um, insecure. yeah, there's insecurity, there's or insecurity. just, um, you know, what's uh, the, what's the uh, inevitable. I'm stumbling here, but No, no. Um, imposters syndrome. Okay, the yeah, idea yeah, like yeah. you are writing, but why? Yeah. And I've definitely struggled with that. Like, what's the point? Yeah, but when it's when you're writing for yourself, what I found in the last few months, yeah. it's been more fruitful for me.
0: Yeah, I, 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 um, I, I think that the writing, if you're really writing, you're writing kind of yourself, you know, and that's that can be very intimidating. Um, you're putting. Or if you're uh, even also, if you're like talking about um, an important topic and you're speaking your mind, even like in class, some of the kids that are like afraid to talk, I, I kind of get it, you know, like you're bearing your soul. Um, and if you're being real about it, um, and <coughs> and if you're writing, it's written, and people can look at it, scrutinize it, examine it. It's like, who's <laughs> it like, uh, somebody might have written it on a, on a whim and it, and it got popular. And and they didn't. The writer didn't even think about it that much, um, but the other the other people are just like poking holes in it, and it could uh, you know it could it can really um, affect you you know in a negative way.
1: Um, well, the the idea that what you what you write is so personal yeah. whether whether it's an assignment in class or a diary, your soul. And when someone criticizes it, whether you think of yourself as thick skinned or not. That can be hard. Um, And and one of the things that my first year teaching, one of my colleagues, his name was Archie Williams, Mm -hmm. when I was teaching in D.C., one of the things he said is, don't grade the writing in red pen because red is intimidating. Grade grade it in green. And um, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, what What are you talking about? (laughs) You know, you mark up, you you edit in red. You edit in red. And to this day, I still want the boys to edit in red at modern day, but that's more for their grammar. Yeah. I understand how it could affect someone's confidence if they get a paper back and it's all in red. Yeah. Um what, when you're talking about, you know, pouring out your soul or pouring out a part of you onto the paper, mm-hmm. if it's green or if it's another color, I could see how okay, in terms of confidence or self, you know, self-worth, that's more uh of an empowerment or a coach than like a criticism or a speak down to, you know, if it's in red.
0: Yeah, like who who knows the exact formula for the perfect paper? Right. <laughs> right. I don't. You know, if you get like you know, if you get the verb and the adjective and all agree and the subject and everything, like it's such a subjective art, no doubt. You know, it's just like there are ways to do it and teach it and stuff like that. But uh, to your point, like I used to, I I, there's some maybe I heard something like that about like um, red. I'm like I had an aversion right for degrading in red. Yes, you know. Um, I love pencil. You go
1: pencil. I you you pencil. go Ticonderoga number 2. <laughs> hey for right. those of you scoring at home, you don't know you don't see Billy's office here but Ticonderoga yeah. Ty- there's cow. just a cup of them. There's probably about 10 of them in there in the corner. Uh-huh. All sharpened.
0: That's right. You never I mean you never know. what's going Never happen. know when the scantrons come through. No,
1: but you yeah, you hey, graded in dark. pencil. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Um but yeah, there is something to be said for that, you know.
1: But finding your the voice red. is finding your voice is is so hard and and with with kids with kids who can write confidently that's coming from like i think that's coming from home not that their parents say you got to go write mm-hmm. but more so they've been in, encouraged to think critically they've been encouraged to just you know find their own you know way of seeing the world and their way own way of thinking about it and i think some of the kids who really hesitate might i'm not criticizing parents but they might in general come from more of the homes where, okay, this is how you got to think. And I hope as a teacher, I'm not telling them how, uh, sorry, what to think, but, but how to think. Um, and gosh, but we have some really good writers at modern day, some really good writers that just come so easily for them and they find
0: their voice. And, um, (laughs) and that's something that comes like, it's like, uh, yeah, everyone's watching the football game or the basketball game or the wrestling match, but like, you know, it's under the radar stuff. Like, hey, this kid who's a seventh grader has wrote this poem. Like, you know, we're not gonna necessarily post it in the teachers' lounge, but like, there's a lot of you know, What you're saying, there's a lot of talent, man. Well, you, men- forms. you
1: mentioned you uh, mentioned Big Hunt Hunter Dickinson. Hunter Dick. He was Dickinson. a great. He was a great student, and yeah. he was a great kid. And everyone knows him as this basketball player who's seven foot one and in the Sweet Sixteen for yeah. Michigan. And you know, I'm proud of him for all that. But I'm proud of him for continuing to be this warm larger than life soul mm-hmm. that uh that continues to affect people he comes in pa- you know that come in his path positively like he is himself and being him is not easy he was self-deprecating as an eighth grader to to be the grim reaper at halloween he like played on his own height he had this 10 foot tall grim reaper costume it was the biggest mask and costume you've ever war. seen and he won the Caulfield award um because he was willing to say you know sort of make fun of himself and uh Gosh, he was class president at the Matha, and um, I'm, I just feel fortunate to have ever taught him or coached him, and we still keep in touch, and he's just the same Hunter, not really affected by all the attention, freshman of the year, whatever, All-American. He might win a national championship. Who knows what happens this weekend? They play right. Florida State on Sunday. But, right. um, you know, just feel lucky to know kids like Hunter who have come through Mater day and gone on and just been themselves so genuinely warm and, and kind, and, uh, and it's incredible how much
0: impact you can have if that's who you are well said um and he uh, he's like his own guy he's comfortable in his own skin and he's got a lot of it because he's tall <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i mean he's uh, legit seven one people oh my so gosh. um but like um
1: he was six seven in seventh grade i remember like, taking like a little back-to-back photo with him in seventh yeah, grade yeah six foot seven, seven and he foot. it wasn't yeah. always easy for him like sixth grade i remember i don't want to embarrass you hunter sorry but sixth grade his birthday his parents had told him okay we're gonna come and bring pizza for a birthday lunch mm-hmm. and lunch at modern day is around noon mm-hmm. noon oh five as you would say noon 05. um <laughs> yeah. and and his parents were stuck in traffic There was some accident on the beltway they were late yeah. and i remember him breaking down in tears like yeah. it was early on in his first year at modern day and and i don't know if it was our homeroom or my homeroom at that point but 6b and hunter um he was like inconsolable like i, I told the guys i was gonna have lunch for them yeah. and Um, everyone's let down. They didn't bring their lunch. They're going to go hungry. I'm like, you know, it's easy for us as adults to say, it's going to be okay. Like they're going to be here. They're going to have the pizza. You're going to be fed. It's okay. But for him, it was like the biggest thing in his universe. And I'm reminded that all the time with kids, like what they hold on to, what they care about. It's so different from what we adults do. But his parents showed up at like 1230 and it was Mm -hmm. no big deal. And they ate, they ate pizza in their fifth period science class with Mr. David. And uh, you know, all was well with the world, but, for Hunter, like to in the middle of his universe to have it shattered temporarily, like oh, my parents aren't here on time for lunch. Yeah. I'll never forget, like this larger than life kid, yeah. you know, was certainly human in that moment.
0: Sensitive, sensitive soul. Yeah, you know, I think the most uh, interesting people are can have that sort of sensitive side um, and uh, understand, like you know, what when to be sensitive, what to be sensitive about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with um, Hunter and also like. Maybe speaking to you, um, how you're raised is huge. And when you talked about earlier about how your parents have been married for so long um, and it just gives um, you as a son or a daughter, whatever it might be, um, such a, such something to like to look at. This is like, this is good. (laughs) You know, this is what I want to be like. You know, there's nothing I wouldn't. I mean, I'm not a father. I can't wait to be mean like couldn't be happier um, but like to like say I don't want to be like my dad I don't want to be like my mom and like and just like to uh, Billy McMurtry used to say you know what we're we are in the in the education business but more importantly we're in the role modeling business you know it's how you live your life and what you do and your actions that the, that the kids really glom to um, and are, are most important you know and, and that yes, but what I really wanted to speak to is like, um, the family, like the nuclear family and the keeping it together and, you know, well, that's um, something I, I've thought
1: about a lot because a lot of my closest friends have had their parents stay together, mm-hmm. um, for 40, 50 years. And it's
0: just weird that it's weird. It's, it's weird. It's, that it's atypical. Yeah. 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 Know? Cause
1: I mean, you just, you just see the stat, you know, 50%. Yeah. And unfortunately some of my friends have been, my closest friends been affected by divorce and it's never easy. But you know, you see them on the other side of it, and and you think, okay, brighter days ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, you said role model. Whether your parents are together, whether your parents are divorced, both parents can still be great role models for you. Just that just that they didn't stay married doesn't mean they can't, you know, continue to have great positive effect on you. Mm-hmm. But um, I think my parents, more more uh, lessons from them on what to do and how to be then you know what not to do because we learn lessons from everybody everyone's a teacher um every, you you can learn a lesson from every single person you ever come across what to do or what not to do and so you know there's there's moments i'm sure you can think of moments when you were younger where oh gosh you know this that, this that i don't want to be like that when i'm older mm-hmm. um very few moments like that with my parents so many more moments like oh gosh i really wish i had you know uh the deep base of stan garfield or the you know the confidence (laughs) or you know just the conviction that my mom has in certain things um but grateful to know them and to to have had them so supportive of me through the years whatever i've done
0: you've got a great um example of like love and commitment in your parents and you are uh exhibiting it yourself with christy and summer so um can't wait for you to meet summer she's uh (laughs)
1: She's a year now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. What a crazy year. I mean, how can you not like in any given conversation, like talk about COVID, the pandemic? Um, I'm glad we've avoided it for the most part to this point, but Mm -hmm. we used to, uh, joke like early pandemic. If you bring up COVID, you got to drink, but, uh, (laughs) um, speaking of that, but, uh, no, um, the idea that, uh, we're, you know, 54 weeks out of, you know, when things started to shut down, Yeah. Um, it gives me hope. It make, makes me really pumped for what's ahead on the, you know, the bigger half of 2021 and new endeavors like yours here with this. Um, yeah, thank you. It's, it's awesome to be a part of it.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so it's, uh, it's exciting. You know, I, we can end in a little bit because uh, you got to get back to the fam. <laughs> but um, 2020, um, in a weird way, I mean, it's going to go down in the books. It's one of the weirdest years. But um, was one of the best for me.
1: I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel guilty saying that, you know, as a you new know. father, but in all the silver linings of extra time with yeah. with the newborn. Yeah. But you were cut out for that. Like, you've always been a lifelong learner, flexible guy, wanting, like, to change, wanting to know so much and be ready for any situation. Like, you were cut out for it.
0: They were the best for me. Uh, yeah, that and, like, Debbie and I cemented ourselves. Yes, yes. And, then, like, God, I love my time of modern day, but, like, Sometimes you know, it's, it's time to do something a little different, you know. And I'd be
1: lying if and, I said we didn't miss you.
0: Yeah, thank you for saying it. I wouldn't be doing that. We wouldn't be sitting across from each other right now. Probably, I mean, maybe we'd do something different. Maybe we play <laughs> golf or <laughs> yeah. who knows what. But like, we
1: wouldn't have microphones in I don't. Our,
0: I don't, I don't I'm not in the business in of, our faces. Yeah, I'm not in the business of regret. I don't like regrets because, like, if you like, I've said it before. I said it a lot, maybe too much. Um, if you like what you're doing pretty much right now in the moment change nothing um and
1: uh yeah but at the same time you have always spoken your mind yeah um you don't hold back i mean whether you whether it's to someone's face or you know you find an outlet for it that's more uh appropriate but you you speak your mind and you are positive like it doesn't it doesn't bring you down yeah you can flush it well, chin it pivot outlet let's pivot go outlet. let's get up the floor <laughs>
0: play the next play <laughs>
1: i don't know if you learned that from uh, buckingham eighth grade basketball or lacrosse along the way but
0: uh, like from you yeah <laughs> basically you know um anyway um it's a pleasure to be hanging out with you we, had, we hung out earlier caught up a little bit and we did this podcast and you know it's special so thank you raj
1: superman Come As your on. shirt would let me let me know. Come on, <laughs> um, great to be on, and I hope to yeah. do it again. But uh, good luck with this endeavor. I, I like listening to them. Thank you. Thank I don't you. know if I like so listening fun. to myself. We'll see.
0: I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, thank you, Rod.
1: Love you, brother. I love you.